April is Rosacea Awareness Month, and this year's theme is the importance of sticking with treatment so they have enough time to work. Many patients give up too soon and risk rebound hyperpigmentation. In a recent National Rosacea Society survey, about 75% of people with rosacea said they give new treatments about a month to work. The dermatologist recommends sticking with a new therapy for at least 12 weeks. Dr. Esty Williams, an assistant clinical professor of dermatology at Mount Sinai Medical Center in New York City and an official spokesperson for the National Rosacea Society, explains why treating rosacea is a marathon, not a sprint. In this episode of Practical Dermatology, the podcast. All right, good morning. I'm Dr. Esty Williams, and I'm in private practice on the Upper East Side in Manhattan, and I'm also on faculty at Mount Sinai. And I'm very excited to be speaking today about a condition that I see in my office on a daily basis. So rosacea affects 16 million Americans. Many of them don't even know that they have it. Rosacea is an inflammatory skin disease marked by redness and flushing on the nose, cheeks, chin, or forehead that comes and goes. This condition can also take a dramatic toll on a patient's quality of life. And one of the interesting things about this condition is that it's often misdiagnosed. Oftentimes, rosacea patients aren't aware that they have rosacea and are sometimes even misdiagnosed as having acne, eczema, or other conditions that can mimic rosacea because of the red color. Every April, we raise awareness of rosacea and how common this condition is. I'm excited to present some new information that we dermatologists can keep in mind when we see these patients in our offices. One really important point to remember when treating rosacea is that it is a chronic condition with no cure. Oftentimes patients will ask after they see improvement whether they're able to stop their medication and when is the right time to have patients stop their treatments. An important point that I would like to highlight today is that although rosacea has no cure, and although patients go through cycles of having clear skin or flare-ups, what's really important is that underlying the phenotype, underlying the way the patient actually looks, are symptoms. These symptoms are subjective, um, they include itching, irritation, sensitivity. We want to think about treating both the symptoms that the patient experiences as well as what we see. It's not enough to just assess a patient's readiness for stopping treatment based on how their skin looks. And what we want to really emphasize is that stopping therapy too early or prematurely can cause rosacea to come back more quickly and may also be causing us to miss these underlying symptoms, which also need to be treated with medication and often respond very well to medication. So when you're seeing patients for follow-up, not only do we wanna look at their skin and make an assessment of whether they have redness, or whether their skin is smooth or do they have bumps and things like that, but we must ask our patients how they're feeling. Do you have any sensitivity? Do you feel that your skin is dry or itchy or painful? Those symptoms are really important to address with the treatments. 
We know from many studies that many of the rosacea treatments have been looked at for up to 52 weeks. Commonly, we see our patients back at four to six weeks, um, and then maybe again at another four to six weeks. But what can happen is that once a patient gets better, sometimes we no longer feel the need to see them as regularly. Many rosacea treatments tend to continue to improve the patient's skin for even up to a year. And that is why when my rosacea patients ask me, when is the right time to stop the medication? Or I'm clear now, can I stop it now? I try to remind them of two things. One, it's not enough to be clear. We're also looking to make sure that your symptoms are under control, that your skin isn't irritating, dry, or sensitive. And number two, that our therapies do tend to continue to give more and more improvement over time. It's important to see rosacea patients regularly and to remind them that adhering to their regimen will help them get improved results. Conversely, stopping the medications too early may cause a flare-up to happen more sooner than it would have. Several years ago, updated guidelines were issued that really focused on classifying rosacea on phenotype. What this means is that there's an understanding that rosacea patients cannot always be classified into distinct categories, but rather there's a lot of overlap in how a patient may present. Indeed, rosacea is a spectrum, um, and I like to say that when it comes to rosacea, there are 50 shades of red. We know that the condition can be graded on severity and then as well on phenotype. But in truth, most patients tend to fluctuate between subtypes. They may have predominantly flushing now <clears throat> and may develop inflammatory lesions or you know, papulopustular rosacea in the future, and things can go back and forth. I like to tailor the treatment based on what I see in the patient today. If a patient is presenting primarily with erythema, with redness on their skin, that guides the treatment towards topical vasoconstrictors. A couple of things go into my mind when formulating a treatment plan for rosacea patient. The first is I look at their skin and understand whether they have primarily redness or are there bumps, are there papillopustules. The second thing is to understand the patient's expectations, their schedule, and their willingness on, on how and to what extent to be aggressive with their treatment versus taking things one step at a time and doing medicines one at a time. Generally speaking, when there's that flushing or blushing subtype and I see redness, I start off by offering the patient either IPL or laser to target the redness and then explain to them that topical vasoconstrictors can be very helpful and provide about eight hours of relief during the day. These are not to be considered cures and need to be used on a regular basis for results. If the patient has pimples, if I see any anything that indicates swelling or papule pustules, I encourage them to agree to take an oral pill. And commonly this is a low dose doxycycline, 40 milligrams daily, in addition to a topical. I've seen excellent results when using low dose doxycycline in combination with ivermectin cream. And I tell patients that it can take up four weeks to see results, but results can continue for up to a year. 
I think that combining an oral and a topical shows the patient that we're really taking the condition seriously and that we are excited to see results and to follow them along on this journey. While I do offer IPL and laser for papulopustular rosacea as well, as I think it can be helpful, I always mention to the patient that it is the medicine primarily that's going to be doing the bulk of the work in these subtypes. A great resource that I wish to highlight are the excellent patient education materials put out by the National Rosacea Society. These booklets, such as Understanding Rosacea and Managing Rosacea, are very helpful in patient education. There are also excellent symptom trackers. There are apps that rosacea patients can use to track what may be causing their flares. There are diaries and other things of the, of the nature that can help them understand better the connection between their exposures, their skincare products, their diet, and even their medication and help to really objectify and provide data on how they're doing from day to day. One of the interesting things about rosacea is that it can change so quickly. We know that flushing can come on suddenly and then go away just as quickly. For that reason, it's sometimes difficult for rosacea patients to pinpoint exactly what it is that makes their rosacea better or worse. These symptom trackers, whether in the form of an app or the rosacea diary on the NRS website, are very helpful for patients to understand their triggers better. While every patient's rosacea triggers are different, some common triggers include sun exposure, emotional stress, hot weather, wind, heavy exercise, and alcohol consumption, according to a survey by the National Rosacea Society. Although rosacea has no cure, it's always important to emphasize that we can make it better. Studies show that many different cell types are involved in the pathophysiology of rosacea. This explains why the clinical presentation can vary so widely. Everything from the keratinocyte or the skin cell to the smooth muscle cells, the endothelial cells on the vascular wall, immune cells such as macrophages, mast cells, Th1, Th17 cells, and cells involved in the innate immunity have all been implicated in rosacea. In addition, twin studies demonstrate that there is a genetic component. However, it is not thought that the genetic component is the main underlying explanation for why people have rosacea. What I find really interesting is to explain to patients how the therapies that we use target different aspects of the rosacea pathophysiology. I explained to them that we are using low-dose doxycycline to help curb some of the inflammation. I explained to them that topical ivermectin as an antiparasitic agent has been shown to decrease demodex counts. Patients tend to find this super interesting. I explained to them that this is a mite that is found mostly in everyone's skin. However, there's some dysbiosis seen in papulopustular rosacea. Dermatologists really need to have a conversation with their patients to understand their expectations, their preferences, their schedule, and even things like how quickly they want 
to see results. You'd be surprised, but there are patients who would rather try one medication at a time. I call them the scientists. These patients want to really understand the effect of each medication by itself, and they prefer not to combine things so that they know the effect of each medicine by itself. On the other hand, there are patients who may have a wedding in a month or two, or who are just anxious to see themselves get better. They tend to want everything done all at once. It's critical for the dermatologist to have a conversation with patients about their expectations and their preferences so that you can know how aggressive to be. Going over a skincare regimen that makes sense for the patient should be part of every visit. Using a mineral-based sunscreen, gentle products, you know, eliminating any retinoids or acid products that can cause irritation is very important. You'd be surprised at how many patients try different things at home. They may not mention it on the intake form. And oftentimes these, these products are geared more towards acne or oily skin and not quite rosacea. But because redness is a color that everyone knows and that everyone feels comfortable identifying, they end up looking at the redness and misdiagnosing acne, for example, as rosacea or eczema as rosacea or contact dermatitis as rosacea. Our role as a dermatologist is to explain to patients these specific findings that make their rosacea diagnosis rosacea and to go over why it is not acne or eczema, etc. When patients understand this better, they're more likely to adhere to our therapy and to trust us in their care. Rosacea really is a spectrum and that patients don't always fit into specific boxes. Secondly, treatments should be considered long-term. We're not only treating what we see, but also how the patient feels, and those are the underlying symptoms. And third, although rosacea is commonly thought to affect middle-aged females of Caucasian background, rosacea can affect all kinds of people, all different ages, genders, and ethnicities. Thank you for listening to this edition of Practical Dermatology, the podcast. You can find future editions at practicaldermatology.com or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.